When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SCP-001, The Black Moon Some might say that universe-ending threats are a dime a dozen in the SCP universe, and while that may be true, what's more interesting than the threats themselves is how exactly the Foundation deals with each of them. The Black Moon is another 001 proposal, but rather than one that deals with how the Foundation got started, it's instead one that supersedes all of the other SCPs in regards to its danger. This will definitely be a proposal that borders on a comic book towards the end, which may or may not be everyone's cup of tea, but you can't say it's not unique. The article starts by asking, Does the Black Moon Howl? A somewhat common question asked across numerous documents with varying answers. The answer here is only a simple no. SCP-001 is an entropic entity of significant power and influence believed to exist somewhere outside of our conventional reality, referred to in pre-Foundation records as the Black Moon, or as the Pale Emperor, the Pit, and Finale. Historical records, confirmed by the administrator of the Foundation, describe this entity's influence upon our reality as sudden and random obliterations of conscious organisms. This consists of the organism being spontaneously transformed into a solid black substance before disappearing entirely four seconds later. The administrator states that this obliteration is very rarely done only once every few decades, but this frequency will apparently increase exponentially over time. I'll note that this document was written in 1987. At the time, the Foundation had no idea whether the entity possessed any form of intelligence or was simply acting as an impartial force. Various historical sources suggest that the entity cannot act while being directly observed but seeing as how it exists outside of reality, directly observing it is a little tricky. If the administrator is to be believed, the entity will eventually be responsible for wiping out all of humanity if left to its own devices. So of course, the Foundation initiated a project involving using various anomalies to try and contain and or neutralize the threat. This moves us on to the next file in the article from 1991, which starts with, does the black moon howl? And the answer, not without blood. This file concerns a human male appearing to be in his late 30s, designated as SCP-001-CAGE, generally referred to as the administrator. The administrator's actual age is unknown, but he's believed to be older than the majority of known human civilization, and has shown no signs of aging since entering Foundation containment. 
It seems that despite the administrator being responsible for founding the foundation, gathering the first O5 council, and providing information on a number of ancient anomalies, he voluntarily entered containment in order to be allowed to continue researching 001. During his containment, the foundation has performed a number of tests on him, finding him to be utterly invincible to harm, as all wounds will be reversed after a period of exactly four seconds. Tranquilizers have proved to be partially effective though, as he'll remain unconscious for a short time after they leave his system. The administrator has claimed that his immortality and invincibility are the result of him being designated as the Counterbalance, an entity charged with pursuing the Black Moon. This designation can apparently be transferred to another individual, but he's never done this to prove it. In an interview conducted between O5-3 and the administrator, the administrator proves to be a rather amiable individual, and asks the O5 if he's new to the position. When the O5 responds that they've been there for 30 years now, the administrator responds that they are new then, as time clearly means something a little different to him. When asked if he remembers when he was born, the administrator says that it was before names, as you only need names when there's a risk of confusing people, and when he was born, there weren't enough people for that to be a concern. When asked how he obtained his anomalous properties, he says that they had a village on the edge of the sea, and he was the boy then. He was known as The Boy because that's the closest thing they had to a name because he was the only boy in the world. One day, someone new came to the village, The Hermit, who looked like he'd never eaten a day in his life, although he never died. He came to the center of their village, sat on a stone, and waited, and a few days later, the black moon howled. The youngest hunter of the village was walking to his cave when he suddenly became a pitch-black statue and disappeared four seconds later. The hermit then turned to the boy and asked what he had seen. The administrator told him, and then the hermit proceeded to tell him everything he had learned about the black moon over the course of his immortal life. It took him only four minutes to do so, as he simply didn't know much despite having lived for a thousand years. The counterbalance was transferred to the boy, and the hermit turned to dust. The O5 already knew all this, but they periodically check the administrator's memory to make sure he remembers. Moving on to discussing the entity itself, the administrator says that things are proceeding slowly, although that's always been the case, but they have some exciting project proposals to work on. The administrator then calls out O5-3, suggesting that they think that the administrator is either lying about the whole thing, or he's delusional, or that he's telling the truth but fighting a pointless battle. The O5 tries to brush this off and say that they have the utmost respect for the administrator, but he doesn't drop the issue. He says that he knows what the O5 is thinking, because he believes that people really aren't that different overall, with only about a hundred or so archetypes varied in minor ways. He's been around long enough to know what type each person is, and asks O5-3 not to lie to him. 
The O5 finally says that they do have doubts about the situation, but they also have respect for the administrator. Ultimately, they do think that it's a pointless battle, trying to observe something that can't be observed. The administrator counters by mentioning the book Moby Dick, which he really identifies with. The O5 says that it was their impression that the book is about how Captain Ahab's pursuit of revenge against nature was doomed to fail from the start. The administrator says that was not his impression. His impression was that Ahab just didn't try hard enough. The third file starts with the question, does the black moon howl? And the answer, only at the blind. This file describes the project that the Foundation initiated to try and contain or neutralize 001, headed up by a Dr. Moto. The project resulted in a collection of inanimate objects artificially linked to SCP-001 using conceptual engineering, designated as SCP-001-Key. Each of the objects that make up 001-Key are different, but they all share a few traits. None of them can act while under observation, they all possess a hostility towards conscious life, and they each possess the capacity to end conscious life if given the opportunity. All traits they share with SCP-001 itself. Their hope was that by purposefully creating these anomalies that share those traits with SCP-001, they would conceptually link them to the entity, and thus, by containing them, they could contain the Black Moon. As for the objects themselves, the third one they created took the form of a humanoid statue, which appeared behind the nearest individual in a threatening posture when unobserved. This was judged a partial success, although it was unclear whether its behavior was due to actual hostility or just playfulness. The seventh one they made also was a humanoid statue, but when unobserved, it attempted to snap the neck of the nearest individual. Dr. Moto noted this as a big success, as it demonstrated all three of the necessary traits while still being easily manageable in containment. Obviously, this is SCP-173, which I'll note that Out of Universe was written by an individual going by Moto42. The twelfth object they made took the form of a spherical sculpture floating in the air, which proceeded to violently explode immediately after becoming unobserved, killing a number of personnel. Obviously, self-termination doesn't work for the Foundation's purposes, but it didn't really deter Dr. Moto. The thirteenth one took the form of a sculpture with a human head three meters in height and two meters in width. When it became unobserved, it rammed through the nearest wall at extremely high speeds and was finally recontained as it attempted to flee across the desert. It did result in the deaths of 19 personnel, but Dr. Moto isn't sure if it was intentional hostility or just collateral damage, so this one was terminated. The 14th one they made took the form of a complex of intersecting stalagmites and stalactites, with a series of coral-like growths erupting from the central mass. When unobserved for only 0.2 seconds, no activity seemed to be detected, 
although it was later discovered that during that very brief period, 142 civilians staying at a hotel in a nearby city were killed via spontaneous human combustion. That's certainly not acceptable, and the Foundation had quite a time covering that up. Dr. Moto halted all creation of new key instances, with the hope that if they keep the ones they've made under constant observation, it'll be enough to stop the Black Moon. Unfortunately, that's not the end of the story, as it didn't take long before the Black Moon struck again in 1993, this time with the first recorded double obliteration event. Two tourists in Rome were spontaneously erased, and it was later confirmed that at the time, all of the key instances were being actively observed, proving that the costly project did absolutely nothing. Several hours after the news came in, Dr. Moto left a note in his office, reading, We've been looking at nothing. I'm sorry, Administrator. I've failed you, sir. Dr. Moto himself was found in the containment of one of the key instances, dead due to a broken neck. Following the doctor's death, the entire project was discontinued, and the key instances were merely kept in containment. The resources involved in the project were reallocated to another proposed project for dealing with the Black Moon, which is detailed in the next file. This file answers Does the Black Moon Howl with Not While the Stars Shine. The surprising thing here is that this file was last updated in the year 3764, so we're dealing with things well into the future now where apparently the Black Moon is still a threat. The project that the Foundation ended up moving on to involved a biomechanical space-faring vessel, designated as 001-SEEK, designed to traverse space in search of extraterrestrial civilizations with useful information regarding the Black Moon. The ship is 1,000 meters long, 300 meters wide, and 600 meters in height, with numerous thrusters, cilia, and flagella present to aid its movement in space. Of course, the ship is pretty anomalous, even by future standards, equipped with an organic learning computer capable of handling a significantly greater amount of information than any human or transhuman. It's equipped with a universal translator reverse-engineered from an SCP that allows it to assimilate languages within nanoseconds, and a transcription unit conceptually linked to a unit on Earth, allowing for instantaneous communications. The ship has 300 biological drones aboard, each capable of flight, which are all directly controlled by the computer via telepathy and 3,000 cryogenic units capable of preserving biological samples. Since it was a big concern that the ship not be an actual target for the Black Moon, which only targets conscious life, they went to great strides to make it not actually conscious while still being highly intelligent. We're given a few logs of some notable planets that the ship encountered, starting with one in the year 3156. This planet was theoretically capable of supporting human life, although blizzards cover the planet. There were signs of civilization on one continent, but no conscious life was observed, with only abandoned villages and cities being discovered. 
there were also signs of attempted evacuation from the planet, with numerous space-worthy vessels being found, but it's believed that all inhabitants of the planet were obliterated at least 1,000 years prior. The drones did find numerous artistic depictions of the indigenous species being obliterated by the Black Moon, and a site of a mass suicide, although they recovered information indicating numerous contradicting theories about the obliteration events, meaning that the inhabitants here had no idea what was happening to them. Another planet was observed in 3499, and even though volcanic activity had left it incapable of supporting human life, there were signs of civilization inside of deep craters at small temperate zones at both poles. Their civilization seemed to consist of large black cylindrical buildings, each thousands of meters tall, capable of housing millions of organisms. They found statues of quadrupedal entities with hooked claws, believed to be the indigenous species, and words written on walls indicating a general feeling of acceptance of their inevitable fate. Some of the words indicate that inhabitants were instructed to remain in their homes and await the coming of the Howl. The drones did find some life, though, in the form of creatures resembling armored bats. These creatures were apparently not conscious, however, instead operating solely on instinct, which is why the Black Moon didn't wipe them out. A third planet was found in 3764, with this one entirely covered in megacities. Large artificial farms and nature reserves were present on the roofs of large buildings, and the weather of the planet had been stabilized artificially, aside from regular rain for the farms and reserves. Evidence suggests that the planet was previously home to a highly advanced civilization, but the only life currently remaining consists of non-conscious fauna and flora. Numerous bunkers are present beneath the surface, presumably to try and protect individuals from the Black Moon, but most of them were empty. Data shows that the indigenous species were a vaguely humanoid form of fungi, capable of linking together telepathically. There seemed to have been something akin to a foundation equivalent on the planet, with numerous abandoned projects designed to try and observe SCP-001. They finally hit pay dirt, though, with one working cryogenic unit being found holding a surviving conscious organism. The unit was immediately recovered, and on direct order of the administrator, the ship began making its journey back towards Earth. The fifth document concerns this recovered individual, designated as 001-SAGE. The file answers, does the black moon howl, with only when waning. SAGE is a vaguely humanoid entity formed from various alien forms of fungus, acting in apparent symbiosis. It is sapient, able to communicate with both each of its parts, as well as humans, via telepathy. It identifies the planet it has come from as being the single star, where it claims to have served as a scholar of great renown. Its primary subject of research was the entity known as the Black Moon. The single star government failed to come up with a way to stop the Black Moon, so Sage put itself into cryogenic sleep in the hopes that it would be unaffected. 
Even though it seems like it did work, people of Earth had already tried cryogenic sleep under the same theory, and found that it didn't offer any protection, meaning that Sage was just lucky. Since the population of the single star would use telepathy to communicate with one another and easily share knowledge, Sage has found it difficult to assimilate new ideas on Earth, as he's the only one left of his kind. In an interview with the administrator, Sage immediately refers to him as the counterbalance, and the administrator asks if it knows of a way to stop the Black Moon. Sage says yes, but only because it's reading the administrator's mind, and the administrator has already found a way to stop the entity, something referred to as the SCB. When asked what it is, the administrator says that it's victory but it will take a very, very long time, and he doesn't know if he can carry it out, as he's very tired. He says that there are people who have loved him, and he's left them all behind to end up here, and he doesn't know how much more he can leave behind. Sage suggests that he give the counterbalance to another, and as for how he knows about the counterbalance, there was apparently one such individual on his world, who set sail off to another world. There has been a great chain of counterbalance individuals across the universe, as they continued to pass it on when they became too tired to continue, ending up with the Administrator. The Administrator knows how to beat the Black Moon, and he could just pass on the counterbalance to someone else and tell them what to do, but he doesn't trust anyone else with the responsibility. He also says that the Black Moon will still kill him, it'll just kill him last. Sage asks him how much time it will take, to which the administrator responds that it'll take long enough for him to see the stars disappear for good. Sage then asks what good will Victory do then, but the administrator just gets up to leave the interview, so Sage yells after him, asking again, The administrator simply turns and looks back, allowing Sage to read the answer from his mind. Sage then simply says, How blasphemous of you. Hopefully it works. Immediately following the interview, the administrator proceeded into the SCB, the Singular Conceptual Bunker, leaving instructions behind for the Foundation to be run by a newly formed O5 Council in his absence, something that they haven't had for hundreds of years. One day, some time after that, Sage suddenly flared with a blue light and said, Hopefully, hopefully, before being obliterated by the Black Moon. When the Administrator was told about this while inside of the conceptual bunker, He said that he would be providing no further guidance, and that the SCB should be loaded onto the experimental memorial module at the first available opportunity. The next file opens with, Does the Black Moon Howl? And the answer, yes. It describes an installation located in orbit around Remus 9224, believed to be the last remaining star designated as 001-TOME. TOME is designed to serve as a memorial following the extinction of conscious life 
by intercepting the final transmissions of civilizations prior to their obliteration. The installation is spherical, 50 meters in diameter, concealed from detection using a number of cloaking systems, and it's powered by an engine capable of harvesting ambient, hypothetical energy. It's operated by a non-conscious artificial intelligence, which filters out the majority of junk signals received and only records the meaningful ones. The Tome project was originally conceived of sometime prior to the year 7329, but was abandoned before the simultaneous obliteration of 219 human colonies. At that point, it was determined that the continued existence of conscious life was not possible, so the Tome project was revived. As of the document's writing, it's been in operation for a buffer overflow number of years, which basically means a long, long time. The document is listed as being last updated after names harking back to the administrator's claim of being born before names. We're given a partial list of transmissions recorded in the memorial. The first is from a human colony, begging for assistance as they're losing people every day and there's barely anyone left. The second was from an anti-human religious site, spouting religious quotes and asking for forgiveness. The third is another human colony, in which they say that it's so dark outside now, and it's blotting out the sun. The fourth is from an android commune, in which they state that a situation is developing, and they require additional resources. The fifth is from a location labeled as Ocean Hate in Thought Space. This transmission reads, My fault, your fault. Our fault. My fault. Your fault. Our fault. My fault. Your fault. Our fault. Rip out my brain now. Rip out my brain now. The sixth one is from Earth, with the voice of a young child asking, Hello. And finally, the last one is from the solitary conceptual bunker, located inside of Tome, reading, It's ready. Wish me luck. This leads to the final document, written more like a script than an SCP document. It describes the solitary conceptual bunker as resembling a bar, with bottles of liquor lined up on shelves, ashtrays arranged on the bar top, and stools pulled up for patrons. The walls are made with fine, intricate brickwork, and the floors made from the smoothest, most pristine wood. There's a man standing behind the bar, scrubbing it down with a grim smile on his face. The administrator. The door to the bar opens, and the black moon walks in, as the administrator tells him that he certainly took his time before asking if he wants a drink. The black moon is confused, described as a shadow with delusions of form, like smoke trapped in a fist and asks the administrator what this is. The administrator simply spreads his arms and responds that it's a bar. The Black Moon steps forward, somehow drifting and stomping at the same time, and lets out a growl before asking, why is he speaking, as it's not his way? 
The administrator nods and comes out from behind the bar, stating that this whole place is the singular conceptual bunker, and that everything inside of it is just information. The Black Moon says that it's meaningless and takes a step forward, causing the administrator to take a step backwards out of an innate fear. He responds that this was actually really clever of him, and that everything in here is here because he provided the information for it, from the bottles, to the jukebox, to even the space he's occupying. He could have left no room for the Black Moon to enter this bunker, making it completely sealed, but then the Black Moon would have just smashed it to pieces. Instead, he left a human-shaped hole for it to occupy. This causes the Black Moon to stop and pause, uncertain of what exactly that implies. Hesitation and uncertainty were both new experiences to it, and it asks what the administrator has done. This causes the administrator to grin, as he's been waiting for this moment for so very long. He says that he's provided for it a path of least resistance, which the Black Moon took, causing it to be brought down to the administrator's level. This causes the Black Moon to begin barking, roaring, and hissing all at once, furious, and it tells the administrator that it doesn't matter because he'll die all the same. The administrator sighs and says that he's been waiting billions of years for this, and now the Black Moon is just acting like a cartoon villain. Although he admits that he's not surprised, as it's like an ocean being squeezed into a plastic bottle. The Black Moon continues to approach him in anger, and even though the administrator says that they finally have a chance to talk to one another after all this time, the Black Moon leaps over the bar and roars that it's all meaningless. The administrator goes to his plan B then, utilizing a movement he's been practicing daily for billions of years, as he grabs a shotgun beneath the bar and fires both barrels into the Black Moon's chest. It staggers backwards but doesn't fall, only becoming more angry. This surprises the administrator, and the Black Moon tackles him to the floor, beginning to choke him with its semi-solid hands. The administrator eventually reaches up and manages to slam the Black Moon's head into the side of the bar, causing them both to collapse. Eventually, he rises to his feet, due to being more accustomed to a physical form, and he stomps down on the Black Moon's knee, causing it to howl before pulling the administrator back down. As he falls, he grabs an ashtray from the bar, but the Black Moon is back on top of him, clawing at his face while shouting that it's meaningless and he should just die. The administrator manages to use the ashtray to bash the Black Moon's head numerous times before its body goes limp. The administrator lays next to the Black Moon's body, thinking about resting, but knowing that there's one last thing he needs to do. He slowly climbs to his feet, using the bar for support, blood pouring down his face, and he staggers over to the jukebox. He pulls out a coin from his pocket and smiles before saying that this place is only information and there's nothing else out there in the universe. This place can go from information back to matter with just the press of a button. And as the song on the jukebox ends, he puts the coin in and closes his eyes. 
He then says, let's see what happens when we introduce something to nothing before pressing the button. The document ends with the administrator laughing and saying, let there be light. So, the destroyer of all life in the universe met its end in a conceptual bar at the end of time by being bashed over the head with an ashtray. The administrator had waited billions of years inside of a conceptual bunker, waited for all life to be obliterated and the heat death of the universe to wipe out all matter, leaving only himself and the black moon. The Black Moon waltzed in, believing that it just had one last task to accomplish, but instead he fell into the administrator's trap and was given a physical form. After finally slaying the Black Moon after so long, he then managed to initiate another Big Bang, bringing matter back into existence and allowing life to eventually return. I did say it was going to be rather comic booky in the end, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. As we continue diving through the myriad of works across the SCP universe, we'll come across some wilder and wilder stuff. As usual, whether or not this is canon is up to you, but it does seem as if the Black Moon finally did howl. <laughs> 